Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. So we'll start the show as we always do uh, with a look at some of the business stories breaking overnight and indeed some other stories. I'm delighted to be joined by two local hacks here this morning in the form of Nick Rabbits. From, he's the business reporter with the Limerick Leader. And also joining me is Adam Leahy, the news editor with the Limerick Post. So two local journalists, two men who have their uh, hand on the beating pulse of all that's happening here in Limerick. Good morning to you both. Good morning. Good morning. Now, Nick, there's only one show in town in terms of uh, the uh, media coverage all through the last couple of days. The front page of the Irish Times tells us that fresh evidence of weak financial controls at RT amid public anger. This has been a biggest probably media story in, in, in 20 years. Certainly for RTE, uh, it's been the biggest story in 20 years. Yeah, I mean, the thing I think myself and a lot of other journalists can't get over is the breach of trust. I'm, I'm a representative of the National Union of Journalists, and um, I speak to freelance journalists all the time, and they struggle to get paid, radio contributors, writers from RTE. So it must be very hard for them to be, to be reading about all this, you know? Yeah, um, I suppose... When we look at it now, Adam, and we, we follow the story, who knew what and when, what happens next? Lots of, you know, wall-to-wall -wall coverage in all the papers. What, what's, your, what's your interpretation of where the story is at now? That's quite a good question. I think we're pretty much at a turning point now. Where we're at in the story is what the consequences are going to be. So the, the Irish Times have described it as turmoil, the Indo were calling it the anatomy of a scandal. Uh, but essentially where we're at is we've got an outgoing late, late presenter, we've got an outgoing RTE, uh, head of RTE. So the question we should be asking now is where do these consequences fall mm. and who are the, is going to be answerable to the questions of, guys, how did this happen? Yeah, no. Sorry, Nick. Yeah. No, I've read a couple of the comment pieces, and I think what's going to be very interesting at various times of the rest of the year, when it comes to people renewing their TV license, uh, how many people are actually going to renew on on the basis of what's happened? There's been a um, a source has told Fiona and Sheehan in the Independent that the compliance rate is going to be through the floor. I've already spoken myself to a few people here in Limerick, and they have just told me outright they're not going to pay it because they just see such a level of hypocrisy there. Well, that's one of the fundamental things about what happens next. Uh, RTE is probably already challenged financially, it has been a creaking door uh, for many years in terms of its finances, uh, the collection rates around the license fee. Any threat to that could seriously undermine the future of the organisation. Yeah, I mean, all this is just very, very bad for public service broadcasting. I mean, in the United Kingdom, there is a massive chasm that's developed between the quite right-wing conservative governments over there and, um, and the BBC. I'd just be worried about what could happen here. I mean, a coalition source has also told Philip Nolan there and the mail uh, not a cent more. Uh, you know, they're going to look for extra money. It's just not going to happen. And this, it, it, I just think this is this is going to rumble on and on. This is just going to... Yeah. Um, we're just going to be hearing about this for so, so long. I mean, at least the rest of the decade, I think one of the, one of the writers to this morning said, you know. Um, Adam, when, when we look at, I suppose, uh, the, I suppose, the different views that are coming across through some of the editorials, 
Um, Nick mentioned uh, Philip Nolan there. He seems to be particularly uh, hard on Ryan Tuberty in terms of his analysis of the current scenario. Well, uh, Billy Keane in the Irish Independent uh, comes across as being very supportive of Tuberty. Um, I would suggest that, that Tuberty has helped his own case uh, significantly by coming out with a second statement and effectively apologising for not, uh, you know, basically acknowledging the difference in the figures publicly over the years. Certainly. Well, now is, is a crucial moment for Tuberty because just because he's leaving the late late does not mean he's leaving the public eye, does not mean he's leaving the media, and he's going to want to protect any reputation. If, if there's any involvement, any knowledge he had, he's going to need to get that out there. He's going to need to, to hold himself accountable. If it turns out that he was not aware, that should be uh, made known too. But it's certainly this, uh, as Billy Keane is saying, his career up to this point has been stellar. He's, he's a highly respected member of RT, a highly respected Irish journalist, and he should be given the room to, to say his piece. And the fact that he's given a second statement, um, Manny could have seen, look, let's, let's take no, I think, the next I, week I out. I certainly think that his second statement was sincere. He's apologised. And again, like, you know, he is not responsible for the financial reporting of RTE. That's their problem. And I think in fairness to him, he, he's allowed to say that mm -hmm. and quite within his rights. And I think Billy Keane also says just because you're paid well doesn't mean that it's wrong. I'd say expect a very big sit-down interview from one of the broadcasters with, um, with Ryan in the week. Do you think? I would think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so where do we go next then in terms of um, what happens next, Adam, in your view? That's really the big question, and I think that's what, what everyone is, is waiting to hear. Honestly, I, I think it, it could be exactly as, as Nick says. It is a very frank sit-down interview with, with with Tuberty, with perhaps someone who who can answer these questions in RTE, um, but I, I think that would be a solid next move. I also thought in Tuberty's statement he put it up to RTE on the basis of saying that he wants to come back, and if they don't want him back, I think one analysis says there they'll be paying him out for the rest of his contract. So, you know, so there's more at stake than like there are further finances uh, at stake here. So. I think we'll have to watch that space as well. Definitely. I think the, uh, the people who you feel most sorry for in all this is the frontline workers at RT, the researchers, the journalists who, you know, who have been coming out for years defending the institution and then yeah. having to put up with all this, you know. Yeah, I know. And, Fair point. Uh, I know the National Union of Journalists Chapel in RT have put out a very strong statement. There is a lot of anger among the frontline reporters there, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and I think that's justifiable in that they were effectively deceived. Mm. And I don't think there's any argument about that, and there can't really be any defence of that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll march on because there are other stories in the paper. And uh, as I say, we're going to have a lot more um, to read on that. Um, basically, uh, the, uh, central, the governor of the central bank has issued a warning uh, to the government that a giveaway budget package. Uh, could prolong inflation, uh, McAloof warns. Um, Nick, your thoughts on this? Uh, it's a hard one. I mean, with the election two years away, I mean, the coalition are going to, or maybe less than two years, with the coalition are going to uh, want to introduce some positive measures for the electorate. But 
I'm actually, I think now people are starting to see through these giveaway budgets. They're not as, the electorate aren't as loyal and as, as, um, as sort of set in their ways, if you like, as they once were. I think there's more of a choice there and people, people are a bit wise to it now, I get the sense. Yeah, well, like the real dilemma here is you've got corporation tax, uh, you know, bumper stuff happening there. You've also got the problem around inflation, that any giveaway that fuels inflation is ultimately going to come back to bite the government. So I think they're really walking a tightrope here. Uh, they're looking at their own uh, their future, they're, look, they're looking at their own stability. They need to do something with these funds that are sloshing around the place. But if, if that you know, continues to flame inflation, it's a problem. Well, if they are deeply cynical, they could really queer the pitch for the next government, couldn't they? Yeah, well, that's, I think <laughs> that might be unlikely. Adam? Um, look, I, at the risk of having a hammer and sickle branded on me, I think you, you made a fantastic point that, that we've, we've got huge uh, corporate incentives in this country. Perhaps that, that should be another area we can be looking at. If, if inflation is, is a big concern, um, which anyone going to a supermarket will agree it, it certainly is, it, but it's the people going to the supermarkets that are feeling it. If we're talking about um, a giveaway budget, I mean, I think people will be considering these for a reason. No, it's a populist move, certainly, but um, it, it's one that may be quite important for some people. So, it, look, I, I think it's, it's checks and balances. Every time we're coming up to a budget, someone warns, lads, don't give away, give away too much. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it's, it's checks and balances. All right. Uh, business story um, in the Irish Independent. Profit surge to 43 million at Glen Dimplex amid acquisitions push. This is an amazing business, a piece by John Isle here. Um, really, they sold a business, uh, Morphe Richards, to a Chinese conglomerate for 185 million. But what it seems to me here is they're repositioning this business. Uh, they're getting out of, you know, uh, sort of hardcore uh, fossil fuel type manufacturing and moving to a much sort of smarter place. Nick? Absolutely, yeah. It's the way for the future, isn't it? It's um, something that, that really every every energy company is going to need to. Do. We've we've seen um, we've seen a lot of companies going to the wall in the last 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 year or so with the cost of living crisis. But these guys seem to be um, seem to be um, um, doing very well. They're um, they're very active, Adam, in uh, in in buying. Uh, heating and ventilation businesses. So again, this repositioning of what they have, was, I think it seems to me a very strategic, smart move. Plus they made 43 million last year. But that's the crux of it. And like for a company, as you say, in the business of business, in the business of acquisitions, uh, uh, they seem to have been extremely clever in how they've diversified in their purchases and sales. And if you just look at the numbers, how their, how their profits have changed over the last couple of years, Whatever they're doing is working and yeah. fair place. Mm -hmm. um, the Irish Examiner tells us, Nick, that foreign direct investment in Ireland, it's 1.2 trillion. My nose. Uh, it's the first time I've seen trillion published <laughs> uh, in an Irish context for a while. I know, it's an incredible story. And if, if you'll allow me to fly the green flag here as well for Limerick, because one thing I've always been amazed about in Limerick is that we really do, and Ireland overall, we really do punch above our weight in terms of foreign direct investments. Uh, I mean, here in Limerick, we have Johnson & Johnson, Analog, Dell, AMC. Uh, I mean, 
when you consider that we are the size, Limerick here is the size of a mid-sized British town, it's just very, very impressive. And I think uh, real credit is due to the IDA on this. Yeah. Um, your, your thoughts as well about from your own paper, Adam, uh, the, uh, the Post, the Limerick Post, has an interesting piece about the region must capitalise on 150 million events economy. Effectively, what you're saying is really that all this business is coming to Limerick, but there isn't really anywhere to, to basically to host it. Quite, yes. So uh, Limerick is no stranger to foreign direct investment. I believe we had uh, 1.57 billion in, in FDI in the last five years. And what we've got this week is the Shannon Region Conference and Sports, Sports Bureau calling out for a new conference centre or, or sports facility that would be able to attract uh, the kind of events and conferences that we usually have in UL that simply aren't possible during term time. They say it's, it's a 150 million events economy. Each delegate that comes to the city brings with them just under 2,000 euros. So what, essentially what would be of huge value to us mm. now is to have a, a purpose-built centre that we can host exactly that. Okay. It says the missing piece of the jigsaw here in Limerick. I mean... We have the international airport, we have the foreign direct investment, we have the fantastic third level institutions here. Uh, what we need is an arena or a place that could host these people, because as Adam said before there, it's just there. Uh, it, each delegate to a conference can bring big money to, to the okay. local economy. And then last word to you then, Adam. Uh, this is effectively a Cork story, but I, don't, I know you don't mind talking about Cork <laughs> and Limerick, but let's next some bubbly uh, photo wildlife park. <laughs> celebrating 40 years in business. Wonderful. I mean, who's not going to love a, a nice story about, about animals uh, celebrating their, their home's birthday? I, I think it's beautiful. <laughs> and I think what's interesting is that since uh, FOTA uh, opened its gates, there's been 240 cheetahs, 72 Rothschilds giraffes, and 60 European bison. And last year it announced its fir a first for Ireland with the birth of an Indian rhino calf after a gestation period of 16 months. It's all happening down there in <laughs> photo. And good luck to them. <laughs> all right, lads. Uh, I want to thank my two local uh, news hacks as I introduced them, Nick Rabbits uh, from you. the Limerick Leader and Adam Lee, indeed, from the Limerick Post. Thanks for your uh, great analysis of the papers. Thank you for having thank me. You. Thank you. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.